talking with words. All right, welcome back to Talking with Words. We're going to do something a little bit different uh, for this episode. David, you want to let everybody know what's going on here? Sure. Um, so it's that time of year again where turkeys are terrified and uh, weight loss plans are out the window. And we thought it would be a good time for us to take a minute and examine the movies, TV shows, and whatnot that we are thankful for, uh, be they things that have occurred this past year or, you know, at any point in the past. So that's pretty much what we're going to be doing. So we're going to pick out a couple things, you know, it, nothing specific, movie, ideas, characters, even just a line that has made us thankful for that existing in cinema. And I mean, just to, to get the point off, David, why don't you start start off and give us an example and we'll uh, we'll take it from there. Oh man, yeah, there so so many things. I'm going to start with uh, something a little more general, but just thinking back, you know, when I was younger... Um, the TV shows and stuff I watched, I'm really glad that the X-Files were a thing. You know, I, f- I feel like that was, uh, well, I, the tagline was the truth is out there, but a lot of the stuff that was happening was really out there and it was just a whole lot of fun and, and really stimulated the imagination. So, yeah, that's my first contribution. First of its kind. That kind of opening thing. music, too. Ba, da, 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 yes. Da. You, you knew, it's like, it's like Twilight Zone where you're falling into the episode a little bit at the beginning. Yeah, but with the addition of, you know, I, what made it great is you had the guy that's right there that really wants to believe everything and then the skeptic. Yeah. You know, set a really good example right. for things yeah. like that in the future. And, I mean, they were also fairly unknown. Yeah. So, it, I mean, it really, you were kind of learning with them, it felt like, as opposed to having somebody that's an, a known actor in that spot. Um, you're kind of like going through the whole journey with them, which I, I enjoyed. Yeah, and I'll throw out one specific example from the show that just I still remember being super creepy and really cool was the, I think it was like a tapeworm humanoid thing for a ship. There's this giant man worm thing that was killing people. Um, it's I, I just I still remember it because they ended up killing it in the sewer and then at the end of the episode, its eyes opened back up. Well, of course. Yeah, yeah that's Stinger, yeah. Was, okay. Yeah, James Double Tap. Freddy's, I was, yeah, they forgot to Double Tap. Freddy's, I was like Freddy's a guy dead. his bones like could go into liquid almost and you go in the air vents and all that it was like a first season episode uh, like four or five yeah yes. we'll never go through the air ducts one of the only ones I remember yeah <laughs> okay so that's a, that's a great example you guys want to jump in here um uh, since you brought up X-Files that's a phenomenal okay, TV show um I, I didn't get into that one as much but I will talk about one of my favorite cult classics which is Buffy the Vampire Slayer. I feel like I knew where I was going. Nice. Joss Whedon uh, pioneered that show, uh, and it created the superhero that asked the question, why me? And spent seven seasons answering that question. I loved every minute of that experience, and I still go back and rewatch it today. And it's just great that Joss Whedon moved on to bring that into other spheres for cinema. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's... I think that's all I have to say about that. You know, a fun little fact about that show is uh, Joss Whedon, when he was coming up with episodes, he had the writers, hey, write down the worst day of your life. And we're going to try and put those into oh. the s- series. And so... Uh, without that time the, I got attacked by a cyborg. Yeah, I, I, I think it's, yeah, it's, it's... We're past the point of spoilers, but this, the the 
the episode where Joyce dies and she comes home and she just finds her. Great episode. Great episode. Because uh, it's all this fantasy and then all of a sudden it's just a real life episode. I, I, that was a standout episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, just the silent parts of it. Silence spoke so much in that episode that maybe wasn't his best silent episode, but definitely a standout and related to people so well at the time. I don't know if you can go back and recapture that now, but at the time, there had been nothing like that that dealt with, like, death of a parent. And it was new, unique, and it, it really touched people. Yeah. That one and the other one that I know for sure is from a writer that lived it is the episode where right before Spike goes back to get his soul mm. where he attacks Buffy in the bathroom mm-hmm. and like tries to go after her that's a that's a writer goes yeah I did that wow. yeah I didn't know that I attacked mm-hmm. a girl in the bathroom uh, well it was actually a girl that attacked uh, the guy I okay yeah so I mean also with what we're talking about Whedon moved from there to I mean he got all the way to Avengers Mm-hmm. And this guy has amazing character development. Mm-hmm. He he knows how to do it well and to make it work multiple times over. What was his other TV show he had? Firefly. Oh, Firefly. Such Thank a great show. Um, a leaf on the wind. Yeah, it, it it's this massive sci-fi universe, but you care about nine people because he does it so well with character development and weaving those relationships. So yeah, I, I'll be. That's a good call, Taylor. Oh, I'm gonna go with the one that I immediately thought of was the Matrix, and I distinctly remember I was oh man I was probably 13 or 14 at the time going to see it, and I just <laughs> I distinctly remember sitting in the theater, and when he takes the red pill, and he wakes up, I just I I hadn't experienced anything like that before in a movie. And so I, I distinctly remember thinking, wait, what's happening? Wait, what's happening? Wait, what? Like, it just it hit me in waves, and it took me a long time to realize what actually I had just watched. I had watched him in this fake world, and now he's in the real world, and, like, my, my mind getting used to that, and then thinking about all the implications of that, and then they follow it up with the dojo scene where they fight, and it's just... It's one of those things that sets up a really cool idea, and then it completely capitalizes on it in the best way. And they Absolutely. Had, you know, they yeah. had innovative uh, uh, techniques in order to show it that you'd never seen before, so that it really brought the idea to life. And I was like, that is just one of the coolest things. It's one of the coolest film experiences I've had sitting in that theater and realizing what was about to happen. And there's no one that doesn't know the slow motion sh- the shooting scene. Yeah, the, the, the bullet time. Yeah, the, they they made a new way to shoot a sequence, and I remember seeing that. And Matrix was on my list, but mine was for the uh, Neo Smith fight in the subway because it's all real. Well, obviously, but it's it's two people doing it. It's two actors. Yeah, it's not CGI. You're not having all this extra garbage on top of it, and it looks. It's the clean, one of the cleanest fights I can think of in cinema uh, from how they filmed it and the time they put into doing it, those two actors. Like, that just and the, and blew the, everything up. And I think the, the, the big catalyst, I think more important than how well the fight is, because I think it's very well done, is the fact that when he is facing 
the stairs out and he turns around everybody flips out because you want him to believe in himself they've done such a good job developing the character yeah, the Messiah when moment. he turns around and starts to believe you start to believe in him and you're like i i want you to do well this is great it's like it's like a toddler taking their first steps <laughs> Just but, without but all the, with uh, guns and yeah, yeah, guns. yeah, yeah, <laughs> and a leathery girlfriend. That's right. No, that one, I mean, that one, that that's one of those that I mean, it literally changed the face of cinema. Like everything they did, they did right in that. I mean, up to the the green code, the the reigning green code. Like everything in that is iconic. Like yep. if you if you haven't seen the movie, you still know pieces of the movie which we're starting to get to the point Sally's never seen it and oh. when somebody hasn't seen it I'm like how is that a thing like at least the first one yeah like when it came out I was I, I wasn't uh, I had to get a parent because it was rated R the original cut <laughs> and I remember going up and finding a loophole and getting in and then they recut it to PG-13 like a week later I went back and saw, and I don't remember what the difference is, but I just remember I was able to go see it again, and I wanted, I had to see this movie. So yeah. All right. So, um, all all great points. Uh, I would I want to move this to uh, let's talk about actors uh, for a second, and I feel like this one has to be thrown out there because we've watched multiple of his movies uh, so far uh, for this podcast. <laughs> Nick Cage. I am because this world would be so much more boring without Nick Cage. That guy has given some. Solid dramatic performances. He's given some just ridiculously crazy performances and everything in between. Um, and he knows it. Yeah, he does. He he knows it. He owns it. And he's he's awesome. So I am thankful that Nick Cage is a part of <laughs> this exists. world. Yes. <laughs> yeah. People now, I feel like younger people don't understand that this is one of the best actors. He's put on some of the best performances because they're uniquely him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, you know, it's hit and miss, and, and lately it's been mostly miss. But he still has hits in him. Uh, but, but you know, in the 90s, it was just hit after hit after hit of him adding his uniqueness to a movie. And you just, you just, you just trust him. You yeah. trust him to go with it. You know, he, he's kind of lost a lot of that trust. But back then, you just like okay, whatever he wants to do, you're you're gonna accept kind of his take on it, and the one and I, you know it's gonna be yeah a Nick Cage take. Yes. It's not gonna be a normal whatever was written on the page. He's doing his own thing to it. Yep. My my favorite Nick Cage. Well, I got two favorite Nick Cage stories, but uh, one of them is you know he walked off the set of Con Air after the last day of shooting. He caught a plane. And the next day, he started filming Face Off. <laughs> it was just banger to banger of two of the greatest action movies. Two classics. Yeah. I love Con Air. You know? Do, do you think he stopped for an appointment with that, uh, uh, the, the stylist from The Rock? <laughs> <laughs> it's a grunge look. Yeah. Uh, just to poke, uh, poke a hole in his ego, uh, do you remember Peggy Sue Got Married? Mm-hmm. Him co-starring with Kathleen Turner might be his yeah. worst acting ever. <laughs> well, I mean, you can go back to like so, some of his '80s movies. Yeah, and, and I remember I was there. Yeah. There's a there's a 
is a he definitely big hit range. his stride after that. And you had Honeymoon yeah. in Vegas, which I remember that. I was like, oh, that's fun. And then I watched it as an adult, and I was like, oh, what the fuck? James Caan? <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna, I'll jump on this one. <clears throat> one of the guys that has continuously impressed me, and he can do serious, he can do... His comedic stuff is not really comedic. It's like you have to look at it that way. It is uh, Mads Milkinson, who played Hannibal... Um, he was a bad guy in a Casino Royale. I mean, he's been in a ton of stuff, but his Hannibal is one of the best things I've ever seen. Like, Hale Taylor and I have talked about this a lot. Um, he's also done Polar. Has anybody seen that? I know I've made Taylor watch it. Um, <laughs> it's If you haven't seen Polar, just wait. We're going to do a podcast about it sooner or later. Rob but, made me watch this, if you're listening. This he forced me physically <laughs> to watch this film. I tied him down... So, we'll get to that one later. <laughs> but, like, Polar is a great example. He plays it completely straight, like Liam Neeson, but the whole thing's a joke. Once I realized it was a joke, I was like, shit, I gotta go back and watch this again. Because the entire thing is tongue-in-cheek joke. Um, but he plays it 100% straight assassin. Um, but his, his Hannibal is probably some of the best acting on television that I've seen. My voice is going out, so I'm letting everybody tell us talk more. But he, uh, he, uh, the he has the courage to play a sociopath as a sociopath, where he doesn't emote at all in the in the thing, and then whenever he does, like it's very subtle. And so, because he plays it so blank, whenever he does anything subtle. You key on it, and you go. It's a big move. Yeah, this is huge for him. Yeah, that's 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 a good choice. He is a great actor. Do you guys have anybody else to throw out? I'll say I, I could go for some low hanging fruit here and say Gary Oldman, who's great. Oh and, yeah, and everything. But I'm gonna say here's my wild card. I love Stanley Tucci. Everything that Stanley Tucci does, he makes it better. If he's playing a side character or whatever in a film, he improves it. He brings it every single time. And, I, you know, the one that I always think of is him in The Devil Wears Prada. He's terrific in that movie. Yes. He's great. And I, it's just, you know, his whole side plot is so critical to the film because it's critical for the main character. But you really care about him. And whenever... He gets screwed over. Does does he like support her through the movie? Yes, he he he's the one who convinces her to try the fashion world on. Okay, she's like she's against fashion. He goes like I took my mom to this for like a Mother's Day uh, twenty years ago. Okay, it's the only time I've ever seen it. So. Yeah, he convinces her to try, and then she starts to succeed when she's when she once she integrates herself. Gotcha with the job. And then, you know, he uh, he's promised a promotion, he gets screwed over, but he handles it like a like a like a pro, like an adult, and he goes, She'll owe me a favor and she'll make good later. And and you sit there and you go, This is somebody who's at the end of his rope, he's got no other option, and he's just he's just trusting the gods at this point that something will happen and uh, and you know, he'll get put back on his path and you feel so bad for him but that one i you know I, he's a he's a great like you said character actor like great his his role in um hunger games uh he's the the announcer yeah phenomenal um i think of the the lovely bones um stuff like that 
but everything he does, he goes all the way into it. The Hunger Games one is, is another one that's great because you don't know if he's a good guy or a bad guy. Like right. is he mm-hmm. and then and then even they, they kind of hint at it in the in the films as they go along, like oh no, he's a bad guy. But you can still pull the argument out that no, he's a good guy. He's just trying to do his part. He's trying to play his part, which is total line. Also, what he's trying to do in real life, he's just trying to play his part. It's it's, it's great. He's great. Yeah, love him. Yeah, great example. Yeah. Well, if you since you mentioned fashion and you mentioned Gary Oldman, I'm gonna say Mila Jovovich. Mm-hmm. She's um, fun. Wild card. Uh, Zoolander. Katinka Inka. Bug. Borgadanana. Nah. Uh, then, of course, Lilu in Fifth Element. And um, was it uh, Resident Evil? Yeah. The yeah. full series? Mm-hmm. Classic icon. She is amazing. And she stuck with it all through those films. She's like still. Only about Ultraviolet. Oh, yeah, yeah. But actually, I'm, I'm glad you brought her up because, a really cool fact about her that I read about a while back is. When they were making the fifth element, she, I think it's Japanese that she speaks. So she and the director developed the language she speaks in that movie together. So they actually kind of came up with um, what it was going to be. It wasn't just her reading off a sheet or coming up with random um, sounds. There's actually some sort of logic behind it. So also, with the fifth element, getting into her doing the role, she auditioned for it. And um, what's the director's, what's his name? Um. The same guy that did the no no that's not no, Bosworm excuse me that's, a different guy oh I'm embarrassed now he had a meeting with her and he was like I need Lilu to be someone that the audience falls in love with and he Luke Basson Basson yeah so he met her and he was like I think I think this is the one like I think and he was like I want to fall in love with her. And then, like, two or three months later, he was at a resort, saw her, went and talked to her, and then, like, six months later, they got married. (laughs) And then she was starring in the movie. Like, he literally... The director? Yeah. The writer-director. Wait, didn't he have the relationship with the diva? He probably had a lot of them. I think he was dating the diva during the shooting. Probably. How could you not date the diva? That's how she got the role. I mean, that would make sense. Hey. I mean, also, they broke up, and she went in with uh, Anderson to do the Resident Evil movies. And they got married. Married her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's still she's still at number one here. But, I mean, she's good. Absolutely. That's, the, that's, uh, that's another story, is that Diva, um, they, they were like, we're going to have to do this digitally. Mm-hmm. And then they got the opera singer in, and she could do the things that they wanted her to do. Um, and, and change her pitches really quickly. Throw her hands up. In yeah. The so, like, we're going to save a, a ton of money on production here. For, for our <laughs> listeners, he's referring to Plava Laguna. That's the intergalactic Plava diva. Laguna. Yeah. Tall blue chick. Get your shit together, too. <laughs> so, okay. Um, so, we touched on some, some good TV shows, uh, characters, things like that. Um, how about a specific. Just some characters, but how about a specific character that you appreciate? And I'm saying this because there's one that I need to mention that I mentioned in most podcasts, and that's Skeletron. Yes, Skeletron. He didn't do much, but he looked (laughs) awesome, and he had a really cool name. He won David's heart. (laughs) I only know Skeletron because I listened to the podcast. (laughs) Who is Skeletron? I don't know. I don't know. She's my Skeletron. I want Skeletron. I mean... This is all you need. What you've heard 
It's all they give you. Yeah, that's pretty much There's it. no backstory. There's no... F- I don't even think they reveal the face, do they? No, yeah, they do. They, sh- they show him. He's in scenes. He doesn't have any dialogue. Oh, that's right, because he's got the little curly yeah. hair. So. We just saw later what his name was when the credits were rolling, and I really and appreciate it. latched onto that shit. So, is there any Absolutely. random Absolutely. character like that that stands out for you guys? Some background? Um, I've been watching uh, uh, a DC series called Doom Patrol, Oh, and yeah. they have a character, I think, in season two. Uh, I forget what he actually called himself, but he was the beard something. Oh, yeah. The, the and his, his, his weird superpower was that once he ingested your hair, he knew everything about you. <laughs> wow. That was a weird superpower. And he would like literally walk up to people and salivate over uh, what a lovely beard they had or uh, their hair. Or he'd take it out of the drain and eat it. Yes, yeah. he did some very disgusting things, but it's the most standout character that I've had of streaming in the last three years, including the pandemic, so I, I just could not fail to mention him. Mm. <laughs> no, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. I would I would go with uh, Bob, who had bitch tits. <laughs> Robert, Robert Paulson. Paulson. His Man. name is Robert Paulson. Uh, you know, he gets he gets drummed down at the end of, of the movie to that one line, but you sit there and you're like, this is just, this is all of us. Where he's just a regular guy, he just wants to fit in and feel good about himself, forget about his problems, and he gets the perfect outlet for it. And, you know, he ultimately pays with it, with his life, but, you know, he just... He just wanted to be a part of things. I mean, mm-hmm. he had nothing going for him at that point, and you know he needed an outlet. And that one is always one where I just like you know everybody likes to think that they're the narrator. No, you're Bob. We're all Bob. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's Palnuck's thing. Yeah. I mean, life is garbage. We're all dust. That's right. Yeah. I, I would I would throw in there. Um, have you seen Smoke and Aces? Or that that crazy garbage movie. Hate it. Uh, the Tremor Brothers always have a, a place in my heart uh, because they're so insane. It's Chris Pine's first role, I think, like real role. Um, you know what I'm talking about Chris Pine. I haven't seen it. So it's it's that- it's a movie. Uh, so it's about all these these hit hitmen, hit teams getting called to a casino to kill. A magician played by um, Matt, uh, Matt, Matt, uh, yeah, Ari Ari Gold. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, he's played by uh, the goods. What is his? He's Ari. He's Ari. Yeah, he's I, Ari. He's, yeah. That's all he is to me. Anyway, we'll we'll add that in later. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so all these different hitman teams and groups come in. And one of them is these three brothers called the Tremor Brothers. And it's um, insane guys with chainsaws. And they're just like riding up the elevator in hockey masks and like pads. And they all have chainsaws and axes. And everyone else is just like normal dudes. Like, okay, what's going on? And they go in. And it's a horror show. And there's like, and there's gas and like, there's like smog coming out of that. Yeah, coming out. Of everything's thing. awful. Yeah, and yeah. Like, they get into this penthouse and everything's going down. All the bodyguards are going crazy because someone's already trying to kill them. And they come in and just start cutting people in half. 
and tearing people apart. We're going to have to do a podcast on this one if you guys haven't seen it. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it sounds... it's not a good movie, but I love the Tremor Brothers. It, it's, uh, it's John Wick 2, but instead of John Wick following him and caring about him, you care about all the Hitman squads that are after John Wick. That's yeah. what the movie... That's a, good, that's a good example. It flips it. And so it's like all these crazy killers who have all their different styles, and then these guys are basically the suicide squad. They don't care if they live or die. They just want to chop people up. They just want to kill people with chainsaws. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so fun. But he, he's got that scene, which is, in my opinion, the best scene in the movie, and a great scene yeah. where... Uh, spoilers. Can For that we, movie, we're not going to... Yeah, no, yeah. Can we yeah, spoil yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, do it. Ben Affleck gets killed... Who's Ben Affleck is like a bounty hunter. He like, gets killed like... Yeah, he gets killed in a nothing scene. And they get out of the car and Chris Pine works his mouth like a puppet. <laughs> and he like, I'm sorry you killed me. He's... It's... It's okay. It's terrific. <laughs> They're the weirdest thing in the movie and they made it memorable for yeah. me. Now I'm wondering yeah. who did that first, American Dad or that movie? Oh, yeah, I, I I think it was might have been it the was movie. Definitely the movie yeah. it was. I mean, this this came out like in 2002. <laughs> well, let's 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 curtail any uh, discussion yeah. on this one because we're definitely doing a podcast. Yeah, on we'll it. have to now. Um, <laughs> I mean, that's 25 minutes. We want to you want to address anything else or anything big or what do you think? I mean, I I think we've covered most of it. I will throw out there. Um, just I'm really thankful that we're able to do this. This is a lot of fun. That's, yeah, so. that's a good point. We're we're literally. Talking about things that are awesome, so that other people can listen to us talk about things that we think are awesome. And they seem some people actually seem to enjoy listening to us talk, which is frankly mind blowing. And thank you for listening. Yeah, uh, we appreciate everybody. We have I don't know over a dozen countries now. We have almost every state in uh, the U.S. listening. Old, um, old, young, straight, <laughs> gay, lady, man, lady, man, uh, man, lady, lady, boy. <laughs> so so we're absolutely thankful for all of you that are listening uh james you said you you listen to you know no skeletron thank you that's that's a thanksgiving episode we'll do we'll, we'll try to do these every year if we all live yeah i'm not gonna make it i mean we're all gonna <laughs> die soon <laughs> all right thanks guys i'm not even gonna do a promo on the end of this um go go think about yours go talk to your friends i mean these, this is a talk amongst yourself. Um, this is what we're doing when we're not on podcasts. This is the exact same conversations. You should be having these conversations. What what brings you joy will bring other people joy. And if they're saying, I'm not going to watch this because you're harping on me, tell them you just want them to enjoy it because you enjoy it so much and you want to talk about it. Um, these kind of things can can be shared so easily and they should be. And that's, I mean, really why we started this whole this whole podcast a year ago. And uh, I think because we are open about it and we're we're, we're so inter- interested in everything that we're doing and what you guys are saying, it's a, it's a good time to look at it and tell your friend why you love watching this pe- person get murdered on TV. <laughs> so, thanks again. Uh, we'll be back with Dune. And if you happen to run into Nick Cage, tell him thank you. Also... Give him a quick kiss on the tank. That's what he loves. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everybody. Are we recording?